0: Do you have a message that the world needs to hear? Do you want to make a living making a difference in the world? If so, this is the place for you. Welcome to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches podcast. Today, I'm talking with Debbie Hoffman, who is the founder of Power Up Your Follow Up, and we're going to be talking about following up with your prospects and potential clients. Uh, I know that that's not, that doesn't sound like the sexiest of, topics to be talking about today on this podcast. But the truth is, is that the success is found in the follow-up. Some people are ready to buy immediately, but most people aren't. Most people aren't ready to buy the first time they meet you. And so the process, whether you are uh, working on booking coaching clients or booking uh, speaking engagements or whatever it is that you sell in your business, uh, really when it comes down to it, it's the power of your follow-up that is going to help you and if you don't have a follow-up system in place then you're you're just leaving money on the table i'm going to read a little intro of debbie so you know a little bit more about her before we hop into this interview so debbie hoffman is america's foremost authority on follow-up and the founder of the breakthrough training company power up your follow-up she works closely with entrepreneurs who don't have an effective follow-up system in place uh, and they're letting potential clients slip through the cracks. She helps them create an easy to follow, step by step system for their business so they can convert more prospects into clients without being salesy. And that last line is my favorite part that idea of not being salesy. For the most part, you know, there are some speakers and coaches who get into this because of some prior business experience, but most people who are speakers and coaches and authors. That's not how they came into this. Most of them are, are people who are givers. They're people who want to make a difference in the world. And the last thing that they want to seem is salesy. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk uh, to Debbie today and why I was attracted to talking with her was that her focus is on not being salesy and how you can actually make sales regardless of being salesy you know nobody wants to seem like that used car salesman nobody wants to seem like the late-night infomercial person we don't want to seem that way and that's what we talk about today how you can do that how you can do that follow-up without being pushy without being a nuisance and how you can make sales without being salesy so that is fantastic you're gonna love this interview before we jump into the interview I want to tell you about two things that I'm very excited about. The first one I've been talking about lately, it's the first annual Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Summit in Los Angeles, California, January 24th through the 26th, 2019. This is coming up soon. It's right around the corner, and this is gonna be an amazing event that's gonna help you make 2019 your best year ever. This is for speakers, authors, coaches influencers, and message-driven entrepreneurs of any kind. And what we're gonna be focusing on at this event is that you can gain clarity, take action, Gain clarity and take action so that you can make a bigger impact and income sharing your message. This is going to be a fantastic event. We're not quite sold out yet, but uh, I'm expecting that to come soon, at least in the next month. So uh, if you want to come, head over to speakerauthorcoach.net slash summit and get your ticket today. The other thing I want to tell you about, this is a new thing. I'm all about giving away free value. One of the things I believe in is give more value for free than other people are charging for. In fact, that's one of the principles that I share in this. I want to tell you about my new free guide called How to Make Money Sharing Your Message in Five Simple Steps. This free guide are the fundamentals of what I have learned Making a living sharing my message. I've had the opportunity to make a living sharing my message since 2012. That's came in several different ways from uh, speaking on stages all over the country to running my coaching business. And the principles that I've learned apply across the board, and this really applies to any message-driven entrepreneur. If your business is based around a message, these five simple steps apply to you. So you can go to speakerauthorcoach.net slash free To get your free guide how to make money sharing your message in five simple steps. One more thing about that. Yes, I did say simple. Most people make it way more complicated than it needs to be. It does not need to be so complicated. Just follow these simple steps and you can make a living sharing your message as well. And I truly believe that if I can do it, then anybody can. And I'm not trying to put myself down as I say that. If I can do this, then anybody can. And the reason why I know that is because I felt like at one point when I started, I said, you know what? If they can do it, then I know that I can. And if I can do it, I know that you can. One last thing I want to share before we get into this conversation with me and Debbie is this idea I've been thinking about a lot lately. I've been thinking a lot about the word decide and how important that is. I made a post on Facebook uh, last week, maybe it was earlier this week, I can't really remember. But it was about a one-step process to reach any goal of any size. And the one step is to decide. I know it sounds simple. I know that it might sound vague. But the truth is, is if you have all the information in the world, if you have the perfect plan, but you've never made a decision that you are going to succeed no matter what, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how perfect the plan is. It doesn't matter what information you have. You must decide in order to make something happen. And once you decide, you can get over any obstacle. You can get around anything that comes your way. Once you decide, you can get whatever information you need. You can do whatever it takes to get to where you want to be. And I'm going to tell you that in my, my guide that I just told you about, yes, it's simple, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. There's a difference between simple and easy. And I will tell you that every single person who is successful in their business or successful at anything has gone through hard times to get there. They've gone through challenges to get there. They have learned how to overcome. And the hard times, when the hard times come, not if, but when they come, you need to have that decision in place that you are going to do this no matter what. A couple weeks ago on the podcast, I talked about no matter what. The episode is called Three Words That Will Change Your Business and Your Life. And I talked about the power of those three words that I will do this no matter what. And uh, I was talking with my good friend, Preston Pugmire, host of the Next Level Life podcast. And uh, he was on episode three, I believe. Uh, it was either two or three. I think it was three. And, um, We're talking about this, about how important that is and how that is really it. And people want things to be more complicated than that. People want things to be bigger than that. But that's really it. If you decide, if you decide you're going to do something, then you can make it happen. If you decide that you can do something, everything else is going to be figured out along the way. It is so true what Henry Ford said when he said, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you are right. So today is the day members of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network. Today is the day for you to make a decision. Decide today what you are going to do, what you are going to accomplish. And once you decide, then you can do anything you want. So let's jump right into my interview with Debbie Hoffman. Curious, how does one become the follow-up coach?
1: (laughs) Well, I was recently anointed the queen of follow-up, which I think is hysterical. Well, I've just been doing it my whole life. I mean, just working on Wall Street for 20 years, being a network marketing entrepreneur for 15, 16 years. I just figured it out over time and created my system. And now I'm coaching other people how to do it.
0: Oh, that sounds really cool. Well, to start off, before we get into follow-up and we get into all of that, let, let's find out a little bit more about you. So uh, tell our, our listeners and viewers just a little bit about who Debbie Hoffman is.
1: Well, thank you, Jake. Well, uh, as I just mentioned, I worked on Wall Street for 20 years, was you know, super successful there. But, you know, I was ready to leave when my son was born and to be home with my family. So I came home and started a network marketing business in health and wellness and created a six-figure uh, business with that. And then the real estate market crashed and we lost everything, like mm. everything, This is around
0: 2008, you're talking?
1: Yeah, right around there. And it was devastating. And what happened was from that, um, a woman, I started following up with her for 14 months. And she said, Debbie, she finally became a client, said, Debbie, you're amazing at follow-up. You've got to share this with the world. People are struggling with this. You've got a gift. And Jake, to tell you the truth, I thought she was crazy I didn't know I was doing anything special. I didn't know people were struggling with this. And because of her belief in me and her encouragement, I launched this business. And so now I work with entrepreneurs and network marketers who are struggling to get clients because they don't have like a reliable follow-up system in place. And people are slipping through the cracks. Potential clients are slipping through the cracks. Yeah. And I help them create a step-by-step blueprint for their business so they can convert all those business cards that they've got piling up on their desks into clients without being salesy. That's really what I'm all about.
0: That, that's really interesting that you bring that up. I, I was on a, a coaching call with someone today and, you know, they just had this big event. And so she's like, okay, what's next? And I'm like, well, what's next is you follow up with all of these people. And she's like, I, I never even thought about that. And it's like, no, no, of course, like this is where the real money comes in. There are, there are some people who are ready to buy now. But it's not most people. Most people are not ready to buy now. Most people buy over time. A friend of mine, uh, Preston Pugmire, who is uh, on, on the show um, recently and, and is actually going to be on the show again, good friend of mine. Um, we were talking about this about every program we've ever bought and how much follow up has been involved uh, between the time we first heard of this person and the time that we actually purchased whatever program whether it was coaching whether it was an event i mean it's always in the follow up so why why do you think people are resistant to following up
1: great question what i hear most of the time is that they think they're being pushy or salesy when they're following up so it's really an inner game piece it's a mindset shift mm. because when you follow up, you're, you know, follow up is all about deepening the relationship and creating connection and trust and rapport yeah. and having them fall in love with you and you fall in love with them. If you don't follow up, you're the best kept secret, but they think they're being pushy and salesy. Uh, but there is a way to follow up that feels compelling and connected and not salesy and repelling. And that's what I teach my clients to do. It's all in how you follow up.
0: So let, let's get into that. Like what, what do you do to keep it from being? Cause, cause I hear that too. I hear that from people all the time that, well, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be, I don't want to annoy them. So, so how do we do that? How do we do that in a way that's not salesy?
1: It's, this is going to be like the best tip ever. And it's okay, so great. simple. So simple. Always ask for permission. Always ask for permission at every step of the process so that Because I hear people all the time just telling folks what they're going to do instead of Mm -hmm. that. And then sharing all this information about what they do, assuming the person's interested. If you ask, you know, I have a solution to your problem. Would you like to hear about it?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like so simple, right? But people Mm -hmm. don't do that. And always asking, like even when I'm on discovery calls with potential clients, I always say, would you like to hear about how I can help you to get to where you want to go. And then would you like to hear how, you know, know, what questions do you have? I never offer the investment unless they ask, right? So it's, Mm. and then if they don't ask, I'll say, would you like me to share with you what the investment is? So always asking for permission. If you do that, you will never feel salesy or pushy ever again.
0: So that's even on the, you're talking about following up later, but you're also talking about in the sales call, you know, would you like to know more? Would you like to know more about this program? You know, people listening here, you know, they're speakers, authors, and coaches, and most of them are a combination of the three. So if somebody's on a call with a potential coaching client, you you're saying the question is not, or it shouldn't be a statement. It shouldn't be, this is what I have and this is what it costs. It should be. So would you like to know more about that?
1: Yeah, so this is throughout the entire follow-up process, Jake, and the follow-up process is the sales process. I call it follow-up, but it's the whole process. Mm. And so every step of the way from the minute you meet someone, if you're asking for permission, you won't be pushy. So, so many times people will say, oh, you know, I'd love to get, you know, let's get together, you know, are you available tomorrow or whatever? They don't ask. Would you like to do that? Like, sound Mm. good? Like, always just be asking is that something you'd like to do? Does that sound interesting to you of interest to you? Like every step of the way, it's the whole process.
0: That right there, that's fantastic. Um, because so many people, um, they, they, they don't ask, they just say, here it is, let's do this, sign up for this, do this. And it's like, why don't you just ask me what what you want me to do or ask if I'm even interested. And I, I wonder too, you know, one of the things that happens a lot is, is people will go ghost after a while, you know, they just kind of disappear. And, um, you know, I wonder if maybe that's because people are stating things without asking and then people go, well, I don't know how to respond to that because I don't want to
1: they're assuming they're making assumptions and we know the old proverb about making <laughs> is, assumptions. Is,
0: is that a proverb? I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't read that in my old Testament. Um, <laughs> that, that verse might've been cut out of. Uh, I know, but it's, you know,
1: it's the, it's the new way. That's it's one like, of those
0: new versions, one of those new, new translations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I didn't, I didn't read that in Sunday school, but. No. No, it's, it's definitely yes. very, yes. very
1: new, but it's so true. Like, why are we assuming, you know, and, and to be really vulnerable when I was brand new in uh, as an entrepreneur coming from Wall Street, because on Wall Street, it was being relentless and pushy and salesy. And that was part of the deal. Like it was just expected and mm-hmm. it was totally fine. So I left that world and came into the entrepreneurial world where I'm dealing with people's health Like, oh, my God. And I just assumed, you know, I was in that like sales mode, close the deal mode, because that's what I did for 20 years. So I had to unlearn all these bad habits and realize it's all about asking for permission, building relationships, providing value, seeing how you can serve people, seeing how you can help them. And even after many, many calls, you know, you want to just say, hey, when we talked, you mentioned you were interested in this that or whatever, are, is that still the case? Are you still struggling with that issue? Because things change and people are, people, Jake, it's so crazy, but people would rather not say no to you and string you along than mm-hmm. to just tell you the truth. So you just need to provide a space for people to say, you know what? Things have changed. I'm no longer interested. So yeah. It's all about communication.
0: That's one thing I, I found is uh, with follow-up because I, I have found the exact same thing, uh, that following up and following up and doing it in, in a creating a safe space for it has been, you know, the key, you know, if anything, it doesn't sound sexy, it doesn't sound exciting, but following up is really where the money's made. And, um, one thing that I often do is if, if people aren't getting back to me after a while, my goal is to, I'm trying to get them to say no or trying to get them to, um, I'm providing a safe place for them to say no. And, and then they will say no if the answer is no, and then at least I know, or a lot of times they'll come back and say, oh, I'm sorry, like this and this and that happened, and, and, and you know what, here, I'll, I'll go, I'll break down the, the fourth wall, if you will, and say, you know, I had quite a few things in my personal life happen over the last two months, and uh, you practiced what you preached, and followed up with me, and you you practice what you preach, and it had nothing to do with you, it had absolutely nothing to do with you. Just 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 a lot of stuff going on has been it, like everyone has from time to time, and so it's just like it wasn't that I was ignoring you, it wasn't that I didn't want to talk to you. It's just that like I just you know I'll 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 deal with that tomorrow. I'll deal with that tomorrow, and you in a very safe and loving way. Okay, when do you want to do this? When, and then finally, you sent a message and said, do you still want to interview me? And I was like, oh, yes, I do. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean, that's not what I meant. Like, no. And, uh, but it, it did not come off as, as rude. It didn't come off as um, arrogant or anything like that. And it actually came off as very confident. It was kind of like, well, do you still want to do this or, or not? And I think that a lot of people can learn from that.
1: Can I share a few insights there? Yeah. Uh, Because this is really important to share with your audience. Number one is I didn't make up any stories about you and not being interested. That's what really stops people. It's all these crazy stories we make up. Stories in here. Right. So most of the time, like even if someone stands me up for a call, I'll go, I hope they're okay. Right? So I don't get upset. (laughs) I don't get mad. Such a
0: good way to say it. I, I, I hope they're all right right and
1: i'll actually text them or email them or call them i hope you're okay we had an appointment please let me know you're all right like i get seriously like genuinely concerned Mm. and so that's one thing and because because i don't make it mean anything about me and that it, it was more like you were saying you were busy and stuff happened it wasn't a priority so when you follow up with people consistently you'll rise above the clutter and become more on the top of their to-do list. Like you've just had other things that came up that were priorities, but because I kept following up, you didn't forget about me. And when the time was right for you, you said, yes, I do want to do this again. And it took a few follow-ups, right? Mm-hmm. But that's kind of, that's what I do. And mm-hmm. so because I kept following up, you didn't forget about me and move on with your life. And so when you're following up with people, and staying top of mind when things you know clear up in their lives, they're going to call you or reach reach back out to you.
0: Yeah. and And I love what you said about not making up a story, not getting into your head. Because when you think about things from your own perspective, you go, okay, I have things that come up. Everyone does. You think about almost every client you have. There's always something that comes up or came up right before or came up right after. Life just happens right. and there's stuff that happens. And I think, I don't know, I think it's, it's so important just that simple way you said that to get out of your own way, not make up a story. Um, I do think that this is one thing I want you to touch upon is, is I think that a lot of people uh, in our industry being that they are primarily the product that they're selling, uh, whether they're speakers, authors, coaches, it's, it's their work. They're not selling some other product you know, when I first started, I had just been a salesman for Dish Network and I was selling Dish Network, um, you know, during the day, you know, I was selling Dish Network. That was like the last job that I had was, um, selling Dish Network. And then I went from there to selling myself. And that was like very scary. That was very scary because if somebody says no to wanting Dish Network, well, that has to do with the product. If someone says no to about me, then like, that has to do with me as a, as a person. So touch upon that. And actually I'm
1: gl- really glad you brought that up because I wanted to share this a minute ago. We want to get the nose. We want to make, you mentioned earlier about making it safe to, for them to say no. If you don't know if someone's a yes or a no energetically, like your, your energy's still going out to that person. And it, it just, it takes like emotional and physical and emotional, you know, uh, intellectual bandwidth right so i love when i get the no because then i can move on and there isn't this energy. it's draining to keep thinking about that person i wonder if they're interested and i want you know i need to call them and all this energetic stuff yeah. it, it's a drain um on our on our energy and so we want to find out we want to get the nose and even if you get a no and most people don't do this So write this down, all of you listening, ask for a referral and just acknowledge and say, I get that this is not for you right now or the timing isn't right for you, but who do you know who is struggling with X, Y, Z and is looking for ABC solution, right? So be very, very specific. And that's a whole other conversation about asking for referrals. But even if they say no, if you do feel that sting, if you go right into, I get it, this is not for everyone, you know. And I'm sure you know some people who could really benefit. Can you think of, you know, does anyone come, um, is anyone top of mind for you right now that you can refer to me? Yeah. It's so great getting the clarity. You just want clarity and not everyone's going to be your perfect client. And and we want to be discerning too, right? Like we don't want to work with everyone. No, you don't. (laughs) become a nightmare for everybody. If If they're not
0: the right fit, then they're not the right fit. And it's both ways. Um, I, I think, you know, the biggest thing I've got out of this so far is not making up a story. Right. Cause I think with the referrals, the reason why most people don't ask for referrals right after a no is because, you know, they're licking their wounds at the time and they're trying to pick up their, um, pick up their pride and get out of there as soon as possible. <laughs> you know, like let's run, run, run. It's a no, let's get out of here uh, because <laughs> they feel embarrassed because they made up a story. Oh, I screwed up or, or if I said the perfect thing, then they look, it, uh, there's, there's nothing you can say if somebody doesn't have any money. Right. Or, or if it's not the right time or if it's if it's just not the right fit for them, it's not that you didn't – maybe you could have said things better. Sure, maybe. But at the same time, some people are just going to be a no, but we get so in our head about the story and then compounding it when it's the whole we are the product, it gets even bigger and bigger. So I think that's such a big thing when it comes to that. One thing you talk about a lot, and I want to get into that, is being organized when it comes to your follow-up system. So how, how can we be more organized uh, with our follow-ups?
1: Well, one of the key ways to get more organized, Jake, is to have technology in place to store all of our contacts information mm-hmm. and to set reminders for us for the next step. So it's a CRM, a Customer yep. Relationship Management System. Yep. And I just love the name, like even just the name alone, nice like, relationship, yeah. it's about managing the relationship, right? Yeah. Like it's just such a cool name. And so having the technology in place, what I'm finding is my clients who are using it, they're staying in touch with their pro- prospective clients longer. They're not giving mm-hmm. up so soon. They're getting more clients and they're making more money and they're making a bigger difference in the world. So it's, it's impossible, or I should say challenging to keep all this stuff in our head or on pieces of paper or in notebooks or in Excel spreadsheets, because we have to have the reminders. We are, the more people you have going through what I call your discovery process, mm-hmm. the harder it's going to be to keep track of all this stuff. It's
0: Absolutely. Crazy. What, uh, what CRMs do you recommend?
1: Well, I don't normally answer that question because there are so many and there everyone has a different um, requirement and different aptitude and different needs. So I do have a resources tab on my website powerupyourfollowup.com. And there's a few in there that I recommend. Some are for like brand new people, just simple, inexpensive, easy to use. And some are more complicated if people need the email marketing system and, you know, the whole opt-in and all that um, autoresponders. Mm -hmm. So So
0: on the website there, you have like suggested and like why you suggest those?
1: Yeah. Well, I give um, a little summary of what they do. Mm. I vetted a handful of them. It's a, it could be a full-time job. There's so many CRMs out there. So these are ones that I like that are easy to use and that they have the different uh, characteristics that I feel are really, really important. So
0: cool. What would you suggest there? to someone who's like just starting out and they go, I think I need this. I'm very, you know, I, I hear this a lot from people where they say, I, I know I should do this, but I'm not techie at all. Uh, what should I do? So if, if there's specifics there, what would you suggest?
1: In terms of what to look for in a CRM?
0: I'm actually asking in terms of a specific CRM for oh, somebody. Okay. So yeah. I know, because I, I understand like answering that question of what CRM to use. Well, there's so many different factors. So, so I just want to go, okay, I do have a lot of people who, and I and I have different suggestions and things, but I want to hear yours sure. uh, about, so someone okay, I'm, I'm really just starting out. I know that I need this, but I'm kind of afraid of tech. Okay. Uh, and, and I hear that from a lot of, they don't say I'm afraid of tech, but that's basically what they're, what sure, they're saying. Sure. So well, in that situation, what one or two would you suggest looking at?
1: There's one that's super inexpensive that my clients really like, and it's called Less Annoying CRM, which is <laughs> the craziest name. It's
0: fantastic. Um,
1: and then for people in network marketing, and even people who aren't, but especially for people who are in network marketing, it's called FITFU. Fortune is in the follow-up. So F I T F U. And I have links there. Um, okay. On my site.
0: Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, that I like that. Fortune is in the follow-up. Uh, that's very catchy. cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Um, so yeah, I I think having that organization is huge. Let's see. Oh, I remember the question I wanted to ask you. It's, if you, let, let's go with a specific situation. Let's say somebody, um, and like I said, this is specifically speakers, coaches, um, those kinds of people. Let's say, whether it's for a speaking engagement or, or a coaching, you know, someone who could be a potential coaching client, let's just say the time's not right right now. You know, you just talked to someone and and for whatever reason, the time isn't right right now. What what would you suggest someone, what, okay. what do you send? I think that's the biggest question people have. So, okay, follow up. Well, they just said no, like last week, so what am I gonna, hey, how about now? You know, wh- what is your suggestions for that?
1: Great question. So what I do at the end of a discovery session with a potential client, if there, if there was a good connection, but for whatever reason, maybe it's money or time or bandwidth or whatever it is, and they say no now, I'll ask when would be a good time for us to reconnect when you've had a chance to do whatever that thing is that they said they needed to do or just when you'll have more time or whether, you know, when you'll have more resources or whatever it is that they said, I always use their language. So when would be a good time for us to reconnect? Mm. And then um, I ask them, they get, if it's more than a month out, I don't make an appointment. I just put it in my CRM as a reminder. Follow but up. if it's sometime like for instance, there was a woman I spoke to a week ago or two weeks ago, and she so wanted to work with me one-on-one, but she just didn't have the budget. They've got debt. They're, they're, they're paying off debt. So she just couldn't do it. So I came up with a solution for her and I left a message for her and she texted me back saying, that sounds amazing. And I'm leaving. I have a deadline right now for tonight and then I'm leaving for my conference. And so can we talk later? And so instead of just saying yes, I always make an appointment for the next appointment and I said when will you be back from your conference and you'll have a chance to talk with your husband about this and so we made the appointment for the other day I think it was Friday yeah it was Friday we got on the phone she says I'm a yes I want to do this I just need to get the credit card and just run this new thing by my husband because I didn't have a chance since I've been back to do that so I said great when will you have a chance to get your credit card and speak to your husband and we can reconnect? And so mm-hmm. now we have an appointment to talk next Thursday. So it's always, again, asking instead of just saying, oh, I'll call you next week. You'll, you're asking when would be a good time for us to reconnect. So it's, mm. it's very gentle, non-salesy, but it's key. And, and I'm modeling for my clients. I'm modeling. Yeah how they should be following up. That feels really good because most of the time people just say, Oh, I'll get back to you. The potential client will say, I'll get back to you next week. I need to do X, Y, Z. And they hang up going, okay, fine. I'll talk to you next week. And there's no appointment.
0: And they don't.
1: And they don't. They don't. Most of the time they don't. And then it's not even in your system as a reminder, like out of existence, slip through the cracks and money going down the drain.
0: Hmm. That's very good. Now, what about in the speaking world? Because a lot of times if some, if the answer is no, right now uh it it won't be a yes until next year and you know a lot of times it's like well they have one slot for the year and if they went with someone else they went with someone else and so what's your suggestion i mean if you say when's the best time to follow up well they're going to say well you know seven months from now is would you suggest continuing the follow-up in some way in between then or waiting until seven months from now to when they say well, what do you suggest in in that kind of situation when it's, you know, there's some time in between, but okay. it's even a possibility.
1: So again, always asking for permission. So if they say we're filled up for this year, like this just happened with me with mm-hmm. some E Women Network events because I'm a member of E Women Network, and they said we're booked up till the end of the year, and I said awesome, I totally understand. You know, when do you have the first spot, you know, spot available that that I can come and speak? And I got, I got the deal you know we got it done right mm. so if they say seven months out ask you know um, when is the first time that you have a slot available and if they don't know you'd ask when would when would be a good time for me to reconnect so we can chat about this and, and get me down on your calendar
0: mm. so, yeah i like that just asking permission asking when can we um exactly I hope you don't mind this. I like asking specific questions because oh, then it, it gets it gets people, it helps people see their situation. I'm trying to think about the situations that people are in right now. Uh, and and okay, so here's another thought. You know, follow up. A lot of what you're talking about is after you just had a call. Obviously, the the quicker you follow up and and the more recent it is, the better. Right. But let let's let's talk about warming up. Old clients, you know, weren't not old clients. Old potentials. Let's say someone's done a terrible job doing follow up, and they got all these past leads that they haven't done anything with. What kind of things do you suggest to kind of rekindle that and bring that back? If you know they haven't had conversations for three, six, even twelve months, uh, what kind of things do you suggest there?
1: Okay, so just to clarify the scenario, so this is someone who, like, they had a discovery session with who was yeah, so let, yeah let's
0: say they had someone okay. who was interested perfect. six months ago and maybe they have a list of you know a hundred of those people or something perfect. perfect um so what do they do to rekindle those and bring those okay. back
1: okay so what i would recommend is just call uh and again if they didn't do what i was just sh- sharing yeah, yeah I'm saying, all these I'm people, saying they,
0: they didn't do it now. so there's someone's do- watching this and they're going oh my gosh that's brilliant no wonder it hasn't been working i wasn't doing that <laughs> So then they go, okay, shoot. Now, what do I do with all these people that I didn't follow up with? So let's hear that.
1: Okay. So what I'd recommend doing is calling back right away and just say, you know, I just was thinking about you today and wanted to check in to see how you're doing. When we spoke six months ago, you shared that you were struggling with XYZ And you were really excited because I had a, you know, I had a solution to that problem and then use their words, be very, very specific. And I'm just curious if you'd like to have a conversation again about how I might be able to support you. And I'm just curious if the timing is better for you or again, whatever their issue was, if it was money, time, bandwidth, whatever, just curious. And that's another really Mm. soft, comfortable way to ask a question. I'm Just curious if it would be a good time for us to hop back on the phone and, I just want to hear how you're doing and see if the timing might be better right, you know, for you right now to get that support. So it's a really easy, again, people make this so complicated, you know, it doesn't need it's, to be, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be complicated.
0: Wow. So you you're saying curious. actually, so and, and so you're saying actually making a call rather than sending an email, just hop on the call, not an appointment. Yes. You're just saying call them.
1: Exactly. I am an old fashioned girl, Jake, and uh-huh. I believe in picking up the old fashioned phone because totally. because people are getting inundated with emails. And I don't know about you, but every morning I go delete, 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 delete. And sometimes I might delete one that I shouldn't have deleted, right? I'm really yep. careful, but, and then they get buried. Like I've been so busy lately that some emails have, I was interested and wanted to respond and they got buried and maybe I was so busy in the moment, I didn't even get to tag, you know, flag it as one to go back to. And so that, that slips through the cracks. But if the person called me, it raises, like I said, it raises, me, raises them up in my awareness and I'm going to get back to them quicker. So I always recommend calling first and then following up with an email so that you give them an option if it's late at night and they can quickly respond to your email, they'll do that. And then, and this is gold, Jake, when you do, when you follow up in a, in a few different ways, the way they respond is usually the way they prefer to be mm. followed up with. So it's going to mm. give you some really good, juicy info on what you should do next.
0: Oh, that's really good. So you're going to see whichever. So if you made a phone call and sent an email, uh, if they email back, you're going to go, okay, they like email more than anything else. So they call back, okay, this is a person I'm going to call when I have a question.
1: Exactly. They might text you. Oh, okay you know, I have permission to text them back. So I don't always text people unless it's, I mean, I use my intuition on that, but if they respond to me uh, that way, then I'm on it because that's just like the quickest way to reach people these days.
0: Mm, That's awesome. So, um, if, if the listeners and the members of the speakers, authors, and coaches network aren't already convinced that they need to follow up, um, Which I think they are, but let's. I kind of want to drive this home. If they're not convinced already, uh, convince the members of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network that it's important to follow up.
1: Okay, I have an amazing story. Oh, I I, love it. I was going to actually ask you to ask me this question on on the call right now because it's such a good topic. Were you
0: going to literally say, hey, can you ask me this? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because it's so (laughs) good. It's so good. You're going to love it. Um, So, this is the thing when you speak, what I found speakers don't follow up after they speak. So the people who sign up for their free offer or their yeah. paid offer, they follow up with them and get them the info and all that. But I'm finding that people don't follow up after that. So a couple of years ago, I was part of an event where there was like seven or eight speakers and a bunch of people signed up for my uh, power up your sales program there. And then there was a bunch of people I had conversations with or they weren't ready or just people that I liked. And I followed up for eight months and I still continued to sign people up for my program. And the organizer of this event said, nobody, I mean, I had more people sign up for my program than anyone else there. And these, these speakers weren't following up. They figured up oh, if they're not, in, you know, if they were interested, they would have signed up there. And that's like, no, you have to follow up with people. Like you said, yeah. it t- took time for you to sign up for programs over the of years. Course. Right? Of course. Right? So, And they really appreciated me following up. So I just kept going for months and months and months. And, and I had the highest sales of anyone there.
0: Mm, now that, up there. that's awesome. That's so cool. And I, I think if you really follow up with people – the value of any event is not about what happened right afterwards. It's the best way to, to judge the value is over the next 12 months.
1: Exactly. And the same goes true, is true for webinars. Mm. So I have used Instantela seminars. So when people call in, I have their numbers. Mm. And I followed up with every phone number I had from this webinar I did a year ago. And everybody, I think almost everyone who I called signed up. To, for my program and one of them said I never would have signed up if you hadn't called me So who's doing that people mm. do a webinar and then whoever signs up signs up and whoever doesn't doesn't and they move on But yeah. I called people and it totally changed the dynamic of, of the program everything shifted because I yeah. had a personal contact with them
0: And I think that people don't I think the reason why people don't follow up is is two things. It's one They're lazy And two, it's, they don't want to face rejection. You know, it's, it's, that's what it is. And, and I, I just say, you know what, you're in business for yourself. If you're an entrepreneur, um, you, one, you can't be lazy. And two, you got to learn how to reject rejection. You got to learn to face it. And, uh, that's just kind of a part of it. And if you're not okay with that, then maybe you should do something else. I mean, that's
1: it's already a no if you don't call them it's a no so you exactly. only risk getting a yes so what what you know why not why not yeah.
0: call but i, I think sure i great. think the problem is people care more about their pride than they do about their results yeah. and um, anyone who's watching you know think about that you know if that hits home then it's time to reevaluate things and maybe maybe look at things a little different way
1: yeah for sure
0: so let's talk about networking you know networking events Um, you know sometimes people do great at it and some people do great at it and some people don't Uh, what are your biggest tips for people uh, growing their audience through networking
1: one of the biggest tips I have is about the mindset so most people the biggest mistake I see people make when they go to networking is they have this they're going to sell and to get clients and of course we network because we want to end up getting more clients but if you go from a place of service and seeing how you can help people and get curious and, and see what you can do to make a difference for them, everything's gonna come back to you. So it takes longer because you're building relationships. But but just imagine like how many times have you been to a networking event and someone just like stuffs their card in your face, right? I hate it. It's the and worst. It's the worst. And then they just throw up on you with what they do. Like yeah. Like the wall goes up, right? You get defensive and you're like, you want to do everything you can to run.
0: Yeah, so- not only do I have no interest, but I, I make a commitment at that moment that I will not work with this person. Yeah. Like like for me, I don't, like if somebody talks to me like that and makes it very clear that they are there only for themselves, I, I yeah, I don't, it's not only that I'm like, oh, I'm not interested, like straight up, like you just burnt a bridge before it was it was built. So anyway, yeah. keep going.
1: Exactly. So imagine if you approach someone and make it all about them. Like you're getting curious, you're asking powerful questions, you're creating an inspiring conversation by asking inspiring questions, and they're going to fall in love with you because no one's listening anymore. Everyone's just talking. So if you're listening and people love to talk about themselves, so you're giving people an opportunity to talk about themselves and share about their business, their family, their kids, whatever. Their their wall is going to come down and they're going to say, wow, like she's not or he's not trying to sell me. This is refreshing. I like this person. And see what you can do to help them find out what's going on in their business the next six months. What are they up to that you can support them with if you genuinely have a connection with them and like them? Because you don't want to say that and be out of integrity if you're not feeling that way. And then what they're going to do is try, they're going to do everything they can in return to help you because they're going to fall in love with you because it's just not happening anymore and i see it over and over again people are so touched and then see who you can connect them with at the event like if you know people and i've done this over and over again and people are like wow thank you so much like what can i do for you like what do you have going on that i can help you with so it's it's a game changer jake game changer
0: i love that you are speaking my language (laughs) um that's such an important you know you you If you want people to care about you, just care about them and an amazing thing happens. Uh, Let's get real basic here and just go real simple. So what is like the most basic follow-up principle that applies to everyone that you could share?
1: It's about building relationships and providing value. So it's really tying like the bow on what we've been talking about today. Just seeing in every step of the process how you can support them, how you can help them. Uh, how you can serve them. So it's building relationships at every step. So always ask yourself, am I building relationship right now or am I selling? Am I Mm -hmm. providing value to this person right now or am I selling? So that's just like the underlying theme. Uh, It's like a core philosophy of my my follow-up system.
0: That's awesome. Well, I have a few last questions that I want to talk with you about. But before that, uh, how can the members of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network get connected with you? How can they learn more? I know that you have a a free offer that you'd like to share with us. Tell us about that.
1: So I have a free guide. It's four secrets to power up your sales without being salesy. And there's four tips in there that you can implement right away to grow your business. And then every Friday, I call it Follow-Up Friday. Nice. they a very short video tip. And again, it's something to, it's to keep follow-up top of mind every week. And it's, it's, it's something, I make an invitation of something that you can do every week to impact your follow-up and, and improve your uh, sales results. So to get that, you go to powerupyourfollowup.com forward slash free guide powerupyourfollowup.com forward slash free guide.
0: Nice. And we'll have that URL in the show notes. And also if you're watching the video right now, it will be under this, you know, this is both uh, audio through different podcast sources and also video as well, but it will be in the show notes. So you'll see that link. A couple last questions for you. Uh, What advice do you have for speakers, authors, and coaches who are just starting out?
1: Well, when I started out, I just networked like crazy. And as I started speaking, people would, so the more speaking, the more you can follow up with these organizers and get speaking gigs, the more people are going to hear you. And from that, like the first two plus years of my business, I did not reach out to anyone to get a speaking gig. They all were there. They heard about me. They saw me and they invited me to speak. So have a good topic, like have something really juicy because follow-up is a juicy topic and like people there's like hardly anyone doing this out there. Mm-hmm. And so have a really good topic, something that really makes a difference that you're you're solving a huge need. Get get some speaking gigs going and you'll have people there who are going to want you to come speak at their events or their or you're going to ask them you, when you meet with them, let them know, like do a follow-up coffee date either virtually or in person. And let them know when you get to the point where you're asking for what a good referral, who would be a good referral, be very, very specific that you're looking for a, a group of people with this demographic that, that, you know, that do this kind of work or whatever it is that you're looking for in terms of your audience, your ideal audience, mm. and just, and, and let them know what you're looking for. So be very vocal about sharing um, about uh, the kinds of speaking gigs and the kinds of audiences you're looking to get in front of.
0: Mm, that's fantastic
1: i was was blessed like seriously for a few years i did not reach out to one organizer to get a speaking gig they kept calling me and calling me and calling me and calling me so that's awesome that's the value of having a hot topic right yeah
0: yeah that's awesome um now we we spent most of the time talking about your actual expertise that you talk about rather than your your journey as a as a speaker and as a coach um but I was curious in your journey here, was there ever a time where you wanted to quit where you felt like, you know what? I, I don't know if this is for me. I think this is a very valuable question. something that I ask everyone um, because a lot of people do go through that. So what, has there ever been a time in your journey where you thought about calling it quits?
1: It was be- actually before my speaker journey. So when I left wall street, um, my husband was a high-end custom home builder. And when the real estate market crashed, we lost everything. And so it got really, really uh, intense. And so what happened was I was, I kept networking thinking, I'm not going to tell anybody what we just went through. I'm just going to pretend everything's fine. Yeah. And I struggled, struggled because energetically I was needy and desperate. And I didn't Mm. know it because I put on my happy face. And so I got to the point where I almost quit and I I started looking for a job back on Wall Street, and I came this close, like this close to getting this job. But the universe had other plans for me. Uh, but at the time, it didn't feel like a blessing. I was devastated, but I just kept the faith, and I just kept on going. And so that's why I'm so passionate, because what I did was I, I tapped back into my follow-up system when I recovered from being a victim and being so depressed. and it, I really believe that when you have a follow up system in place no matter like what's happening in your life you can tap back into it and rebuild and mm-hmm. that's what I did and that's why I'm so passionate about teaching this because I don't want people to ever have to make a choice between their you know between their happiness and money like I just don't want it to ever have to come to that so yeah I almost gave up as being an entrepreneur and going back to a job and that would have that would have robbed me of my happiness and my spirit. And I'm so glad that the universe had other plans for me.
0: Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, If you could go back in time and talk to yourself when you're first starting out, uh, what advice would you give yourself?
1: Oh, wow, what a great question. Well, when I was first starting out, I was very, what?
0: Well, oh, no, sorry. I, I, and I, I guess I mean on, on this part of your journey, you know, when you, when you took the plunge to say, you know, I want to go and be an entrepreneur and do this on right. my own and not, because I, I know when I said first starting out, I was thinking we might go all the way back to the, no, I got, the I job understood. day. So, yeah. No,
1: I understood. So, for me, coming out of Wall Street, I was very salesy and pushy not knowing it. And so it took me a while to figure it out because I kept hitting the wall, hitting the wall, hitting the wall. It's like, what is going on with me? Why is my business not growing? And it was because I was not building relationships. I was you know, trying to close the deal. And so the, you know, I wish I had known then that being an entrepreneur is all about building relationships and, and seeing how you can help people. So all that we've been talking about today, like if I had known that, it would have been a lot easier at the beginning. I mean, it took me a while to figure it out. And when you have, you know, people who, who've blazed the trails and figured it out, it makes it so much easier, but I didn't have anyone there to coach me at the time. So I had to figure it out on my own.
0: Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, anyway, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. You've shared a lot of wisdom. Some things that I, I think will really, really help people. Um, are there any last words that you'd like to share with the members of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network?
1: Just never give up. Just never give up. I mean, my whole like core message is my dreams come true when I follow up. And mm. so, if follow up, if you have that salesy, pushy mindset, just know that we all have our dreams and your business is a vehicle to help you achieve those dreams. So just my dreams come true when I follow up and just keep remembering that. And so whenever that story comes up, that monkey mind, the limiting beliefs, the fears, the insecurities, whatever it is, just know that you have a huge gift and you're going to be the best kept secret. If you don't follow up, people need what you have. And I really feel you're doing people a disservice if you don't follow up because they, They're struggling out there. And if you don't follow up, who knows what might happen with that person in terms of that struggle, that pain. So you owe it to the world to share your gifts and get your message out in a a big way and make the impact that you're here to make. Mm. That's what I'd like to leave people with.
0: I love that so much. Debbie, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, I've really appreciated this. I think that, uh, yeah, there's some great information here. And uh, everyone watching, listening, I hope that you got a lot out of this. I I know that I did. So I just want to acknowledge you for uh, not just being someone who teaches something, but someone who someone who actually practices what you preach. And I can see that in you. One, with me, you did that. But also, I've had some conversations about you with some of our mutual friends. And it's been nothing but great stuff. And uh, just want to acknowledge you for just being really the kind of person who's authentic and does what she talks. And so, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much for listening and watching. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and most importantly, share it with somebody who needs this information. If you're not already a part of our Facebook community, come and join us in the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches network at facebook.com slash groups slash speaker, author, coach, or simply search the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches network. Thanks again for listening. Remember, what you do matters. You can turn your dreams into your reality. Together, we are changing the world one message at a time.